1: That's chumbacasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus.
1: The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink
0: recycling with Renew.
1: Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at
0: hashirenew.com.
1: Hello and welcome to The Analyst Inside Cricket. A rather poor day for England after the excitement of the first day with uh, India totally dominating, their fast bowlers knocking England over in just 38 overs, Uh, bowling England out for 160 odd, which was pretty bad in itself, and then India batting again, rattling up 124 for two, so they now lead by nearly 300, and it's been a a pretty galling day for England, out bowled and out batted by India. We'll, We'll look at that in a minute. I'm joined today by James Coyne, part of the Cricketer Magazine team putting together our latest issue, and because this podcast is in association with Cricketer Magazine, we're going to talk about the new issue, which I suppose appropriately, James has got the headline "Indian Summer" Mm. on the front and a picture of Kohli pulling the ball away to square
0: leg, Mm. and it's very much been an Indian day today, hasn't it? Certainly has been. Um, I mean. You know that it was swinging out there this afternoon uh, in the morning. Uh, I think there were a few people surprised that the floodlights weren't on. They're on now. <laughs> They're beaming now in the sunshine. Uh, but they made a spectacular use of the, of the conditions really when they came out to bowl um, after lunch and before lunch it was a different story. But uh, you know, a, a quite a stunning session really to lose all ten wickets in a session for England. That, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, there was a stat in the, in the press box, wasn't there? Which was mm. which was what exactly? Well, that England have lost all ten wickets in a session three times. It's late 2016. Um, one in Bangladesh, one in Auckland, and then today. Um, and it hadn't happened before then uh, since 1938 um, at Headingley uh, with. Uh, That's the Aussies, I suppose. Fleetwood Smith and uh, O'Reilly spinning through them. So slightly different uh, situation today with the, with the swing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean. England have got a lot of work to do with their batting, haven't they, to, um, over the next couple of test matches.
1: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I, a lot of people will say, how the hell did India bowl England out on the, the, the pasture that Trent Bridge is that tends to favour England's faster bowlers? But I don't know, I felt that actually, rather than blaming the batsmen totally, mm-hmm. I would blame, or praise rather, the, the Indian bowlers because mm. you sort of thought, well... They're a good, they're a good attack, and I mean, they, they got some billing before they came here. The fact that they've got a number of of decent quick bowlers now, perhaps the best collection barrage of, of fast bowlers they've ever had. But you still didn't really think they could bowl England out in a session. But actually, the, the, some of the deliveries they bowl today, I'm thinking particularly, I suppose, of Jasprit Bumrah playing his first test of the series, only his fourth test overall, and bowling some really awkward deliveries, which. Took a, a hell of a lot of playing. He didn't get a stack of wickets, but he just always asked an, an awkward question. No, nobody handled him with much comfort. And then Hardik Pandya, who mm. everyone kind of thought, mm, you know, all rounder, bit of a, a sort of bits and pieces cricketer, maybe a one day player primarily, not that great a bowler. You know, is he really sort of, does he deserve his place in the team? Five for 24. First ball gets Root out. I thought Root's shot mm. was a little bit lazy. Or perhaps he was taken a bit by surprise. It was the first ball that, that Pandier had bowled, and he just slightly guided it to the second slip. But after that, he bowled an absolute peach to get rid of Johnny Bairstow. Late swing. Uh, he got, obviously got Chris Wokes out as well. He got Ben Stokes with a, a, a swinging delivery. So it, we, it was it was an impressive performance by. By Pandya, I thought. Mm. In fact, it was uh, I got that wrong. Actually, it was Ishant Sharma who got uh, Ben Stokes, wasn't it, round the wicket? And that's another thing. They have someone who has almost replicated Stuart Broad, that clever bowling against left-handers. Ishant Sharma is as good, if not almost slightly better, today in the way that he angles a ball in from round the wicket and then swings it away.
0: It's amazing how both of them in this Test match have produced these booming inswingers, haven't they? And I think there was some, a bit of surprise that. Uh, Sharma didn't open the bowling uh, that it was Bumrah that took the new ball but even the first ball that Bumrah bowled um, you know took the outside edge and if if the slip corner had probably been slightly aligned differently that might have been out as well um yeah, that's right. you know uh, I think there's been quite a lot of talk about the positioning of the Indian slip fielders over this series and you know they, they were they were so close together they could probably smell each other's aftershave today but when they got it right um uh, suddenly Pandia, when he started swinging the ball away, there's a lush outfield here, the Dukes was doing stuff for him. It was, I reckon, swinging more lavishly for him today than it has done over the rest of the series. Mm. Um, and suddenly it started going to hand and Rahul was taking those slip catches. Um, yeah, And the catching was very good, wasn't it? Yeah, in it fact,
1: uh, apart from the one drop by Pujara first slip and then mm. Cook was out two balls later anyway, so it didn't cost anything, they really caught everything. Mm. There were some real snaffles in the, in the slips and... The debutant wicketkeeper, Rishad Pant, took five catches behind the stumps as well. So, in India we're absolutely on it today. Of course, it was the most fantastic day for bowling. We talked about sure. this uh, a little bit on TMS, actually, just before the start of play. You know, we're one of those slightly humid, very still days, cloudy, bit of dampness in the air after the overnight rain or morning rain. It does feel like a, a lovely day to bowl. Of course, England... Made good use of it themselves, mm. got some quick wickets, knocked over India, and then suddenly India really gave England a, a, a big a big problem. And I, 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 apart as I say, apart from Jennings, sort of slightly limp bat yeah. got caught behind early on. Yeah, I thought Cook got an unplayable ball. I thought uh, it was. A little bit unlucky for Ollie Pope, caught down the leg side, that can happen. It yep. wasn't really a bad shot. So, no. you know, most of the wickets were good bowling rather than bad batting.
0: I mean, a word of praise for Pant, I think, who's come in to keep wicket in this Test match. He's had a month or two, actually, with the India A-team, and that must have helped him, you know, get used to English conditions. Um, he's clearly a highly talented cricketer. We know that from his batting. You know, he's, he's clearly not the finished article as a wicketkeeper, but to go out here with a ball swinging, swinging after the bat, swinging after... Um, you know swinging late down the leg side especially with Ishan Sharma bowling Bumrah you know they're slanting it down the leg side it was not easy out there for him today and i thought he stood up pretty well M- more than anything else he just wanted to be there and he looked up mm. for it he you know he was jogging even when he came out to bat he was jogging between the wickets like a you know like a featherweight boxer it was you know he just looked like he's got a bit of spike spike about him as a cricketer so you know he looks highly promising yeah no, i completely agree this game is slightly going the
1: way of the, the previous Test match here, South Africa last year, which, of course, England lost heavily mm. because uh, South Africa sc- scrambled about 340. So India, 329, similar. And then they bowled England out for 205. Well, England didn't even manage that this this time. They only got 160. And I, I guess there are going to be questions again asked, as there have been really probably permanently for about the last three years, about England's opening pair. They did, in fact, today get a start. They put on, I think, I'm um, right in saying 54, yes. 54 for the first wicket, so actually not a bad start, really, but then the ball started to move, and Cook got out for 29. Very good ball from Ishant Sharma from round the wicket, but he does tend to get out regularly like that. Jennings is now averaging 22 in his test career, nine tests. Two tests to go, obviously, after this in the series, but a week between Test matches are for this month. Um, so, do we carry
0: on with him? Do do we go with Rory Burns perhaps instead? It's very tough because I think opening the batting now with DRS as well, in, in particular, it's not easy. Um, and so maybe we have to temper our expectations slightly for opening batsmen in England now. Um, you know, it's and this is a very good attack. I agree with you. Um, so although Jennings has got it, has got it hard here, um, you know, it, uh, you're right. He looks stuck on the crease a little bit. He looks a little bit tentative. Um, but then even when he's playing well, he looks like that. So it's, it's a tough call to make. The, the, the other thing is the, the, the other possibilities, Burns at Surrey and Govins at Middlesex, are also both left-handers. Mm. And part of me thinks, although you shouldn't do it just for the sake of it, a, a right-hand, left-hand combination might throw the bowlers off a little bit more and give them a bit of a head start, although it obviously won't solve everything. Um, but it, it only seems to be left-handed openers that we're producing at let's, the moment. Let's
1: see what uh, the, the best right-handed openers in county cricket are uh, stats-wise right I've got the list of run makers in the county championship for this season and Rory Burns is top with 881 James Vince second with 700 so of course he's a right-hander Ollie Pope we've already got in the team is third and he's averaging 85 and then with the other sort of good run scorers in championship cricket Hildreth from Somerset not an opener Clark from Worcestershire, not an opener Abel,
0: Libby and Mitchell
1: Libby and Mitchell are the two Nottinghamshire, Libby Mitchell, Worcestershire both, well you see Mitchell's only averaging 38 and Libby's averaging 34, so Mm. they've got some runs, but they haven't got Great averages. Yeah. So we're looking at sort of scarce resources really yeah. to try and find somebody. I always thought uh, Daniel Bell Drummond was, was rather a good prospect, yeah. but obviously he's playing second division cricket for Kent, hasn't had a particularly outstanding season. And the other problem, of course, is that nobody's playing any championship cricket at the moment That's to right. stake a claim, are they? That's There's right. all T20 cricket, but Vitality Blast mm-hmm. going on at the moment. Nobody's had the chance. I was just looking back at the the number of innings that people like Jennings and Pope and others have played in the last month, and it's nearly all white ball cricket. Mm. So they're just not accustomed to playing long innings against a ball, a red ball which moves around. We've got
0: to hope that we have a dry September, don't we? That you know, because there's going to be a run of four, four or five championship rounds there. The likes of Bell Drummond. I mean, Bell, Bell Drummond's gone on record to say he wants to be a Test cricketer. You know, that's his num- that's his best suit. Um, so let's hope that we have a dry September and he can churn out some runs. But being in Division Two doesn't help his case these days, unfortunately. Um, mm. You know, it's it, it's a real problem that we you know we're playing the Championship at that time of year where people don't people feel there's a ball, a ball with their name on it every time. You can just hear the uh, the cover there being
1: started up. That's the the hover cover that they have here at Trent Bridge to make sure that the pitch doesn't get wet. Um, and uh, that's just moving off into the distance. So okay, more or less say England have lost this test, mm. nearly three hundred behind, eight wickets in hand for India, so they're gonna get a four fifty lead minimum. We can't really see England making that against this Indian attack, which are which are very Persistent, actually pace wise, quicker than England as yeah. well. Bumrah's getting it up to 88. Shami, we haven't mentioned him, he was around about 87. Ishant Sharma, same same sort of speed. And, and Pandya, 85. So yeah. they are a lively attack uh, that really were absolutely o-
0: on their game today and, and were a real handful, and England couldn't cope with it. And it's going to be interesting over the next two test matches because I think Southampton and the Oval are not the worst venues for India. Um, yeah. you know, they're not nightmare venues for them. Uh, and if it's good weather, you know I think they'll be in the game. Um, I think the last team that came from 2-0 down to win a series was... Uh, was 36-37 was uh, Australia with the famous Walter Robbins drop catch Oh, so think nothing of it you've only dropped the ashes Walter so um, we'll see if India can pull that out of the
1: bag at, uh, in the next Test match well it's great for the series anyway that India are back in it and it's good. it should be good for our magazine too because yep. as I said its uh, title is Indian Summer so just for a, a couple of minutes we're just going to look at one or two of the features that we've got in
0: for this month uh, what do you pick out? well uh, I think... Uh, Straight away, Philip Collins of the Times, the uh, former uh, speechwriter for Tony Blair, he's written a piece about um, Indian captains and how they're made. Particularly interesting, obviously, with Coley being such a fascinating character and sort of uh, fast-forwarding Indian cricket in the way, in this, this sort of intensity and his uh, his... You would say it's just his search to beat every marginal gain to be so good at everything that he does. Um, And it's sort of Philip reflects on how Indian captains have, have, um, how they've sort of represented the uh, the state of India at the time. It's quite interesting, you know, he talks about Patordi, you know, with having lost an eye and so on, and he still went on to to lead India to the most successful time they had. And it's all about the politics of the country and how how the politics of the cricket is sort of inescapably wrapped up with that, really. Mm. Quite interesting at a time when, just over the border from India, Imran Khan's become prime minister as well. He reflects on that at the start of the article as well. So... Fascinating stuff, really. And I think Philip's married to someone of Indian origin as well, so he knows what he's talking about in terms of this. What uh, what great names to,
1: to look at. Uh, Nawab Al-Fatadi, as you say. Uh, Kapil Dev. Muhammad Azaruddin, I played mm. against him, and he was in a hell of a character. Sarav Ganguly, who we've had over here recently covering the game uh, for different broadcasters. M.S. Dhoni, mm. what a character. And and now, of course, Virat Kohli. Uh, so lots of fascinating characters there. I did an interview with, with, with Raul Dravid, who captained Ninja a little bit, and talks about the the attempts to try and coach the next generation in the art of staying in. But, uh, well, it, it, it doesn't look as if he's doing too badly in this Test match. At least they've managed to get their first 300 of the series and are doing pretty well in the second innings. Uh, we've got a, a, a feature by Simon Barnes' Duels in the Sun about the great duels on the field between people like Anderson and Coley and Ashwin against Cook
0: which we'll get of course in in the second innings mm. of this test. What else have you got? Well the, the, the issue before this we had our blueprint for English cricket and we've had a lot of reaction to that and just as a sort of following on from that um, George DeBell our columnist has written a piece about um, taking championship cricket overseas uh, as a way to sort of get over um, to go over our, our sort of historical weaknesses uh, against um, spin bowling and uh, and pace bowling, um, I, I know it might seem a bit absurd when we're here struggling in a home Test match, but I think in the long term uh, it's a point very well made. It just all depends on the money. Is the money there from the ECB to be able to finance this thing? Because you're effectively taking a hot house of of 18 counties overseas to either the UAE or or. Um, West Indies, in or, South even, or, or South Africa, or, Spain. or even Spain in a couple of years' time, if the pitches are up to it. Mm. You know, it's, it's not going to be cheap. It's whether we think it's it's vital to keep Test cricket um, to keep Test cricket alive, because up until this performance from India, you know, the the performance by teams overseas wasn't great, and we need to make sure that England can still challenge overseas in big series.
1: Yeah, it's, it's certainly one that is interesting to to discuss. I, I guess the the general view of a view at home is that if you're county championship fans, is you don't want to give up any more home games because mm-hmm. they're few and far between as it is. But we're trying to find a way here in this blueprint to try and give the the game a bit more opportunity to experience variety of conditions and overseas conditions to harden one or two batsmen in the art of batting on dry pitches and bowlers as well, spin bowlers in the art of bowling on, on dry pitches, uh, it may not happen, but but mm. it's a nice idea. Yeah. And then the other feature I really like, and I know you picked this out as Me well, too, yeah. is the, the one by Richard Whitehead uh, about Titch Freeman. He was someone that, that I followed, I read about when I was a kid because I was a Kent fan, and obviously Titch Freeman played a long time before I was born, but he was just a fascinating figure that I'd read about and knew about his amazing season of 1928, 90 years ago, where he took 304 wickets in a season, county championship cricket, 304
0: wickets in a season. It's it's, it's the the mind boggles. I mean, I know there are a lot of matches in those days, but the, the most startling thing in this a piece that's actually wonderfully designed as well by our designer Jeff Barton. That if you in the rank of most wickets in a season, uh, in the top ten, Titch Freeman appears five times. Yeah. Absolutely astonishing. He must have been an absolute... He was a phenomenon, really. Leg spinner. Um, leg spinner. Yeah. Um, Very, he had His wife was taller than him
1: because he was called <laughs> Titch because he was so tiny. And his wife, Ethel, used to apparently grab him by the neck at the end of the day when he'd taken eight for 24 and say, no, no, you're not going to celebrate, you're coming home
0: with me. Quite, <laughs> there you go. So maybe concentrating on his game because of that. But yeah. it's really a, a, a masterwork of research by Richard, who's mm. gone through all the old archives looking at how he got the wickets, um, you know, I think there was a there was a perception at the time that he only got his wickets against the tail, which is something that's followed leg spinners around. You know, they are still used today to to, to mop up the tail. I mean, it's funny because if Titch Freeman was playing today with all the analytics we have in the game, that would have been scotched pretty much straight away because everyone would have said, "Oh, it's not true." But he had he sort of had to carry that baggage around with him for a while as a player, and it wasn't really true. Um, so it's just a really enjoyable read, a sort of journey through a season of Titch Freeman in 1928 when he took 304 wickets. Including 43 stumped. Les Ames, the wicketkeeper (laughs) for Kent was very much his ally
1: in that sense, of course he didn't actually do that well in test cricket, ironically he played 12 tests and I think took 60 wickets, so not bad, Mm. but not at the same level as he took in county cricket where he finished, by the way with 3,776 wickets in his first class career Mm. second most in history, of course, Wilfred Rhodes was the most with 4,200 He played longer, didn't he? He played played quite a lot longer, But, but Titch Freeman, a fantastic fantastic character from the 1920s that we have a lovely feature about there and, and I think well England could do with a bit more of that kind of guile that uh, that he showed in in the hands of, of Rashid. I know he got the wicket of Darwin today but just want to see a little bit more artistry perhaps for him from him in in this, uh, this this test arena. But it's good to have a leg spinner playing for England. Anyway James Thanks for your uh, time today and and your thoughts about that. There's the cover going (laughs) on to the pitch, and uh, we'll be ready for tomorrow. Obviously, England with a mountain to climb, 290-odd behind, still eight Indian wickets to take. We'll just have to try and hope that something turns around for England tomorrow, that someone can actually play a really long innings. Let's hope it's an Alistair Cook or a Joe Root who can turn this terrible situation round for England. Don't forget, by the way, if you want to get the Cricketer Magazine subscription a little bit cheaper, you go to thecricketer.com forward slash podcast and there's 20% off the subscription to this month's and this year's magazines and it's a good read. So have a good end of the weekend and we'll speak to you tomorrow night. Thanks for listening.